I saw that Jeremy even left you a testimonial, so it looks like you guys know each other. I taught him. I, I, I met him about 17 years ago, and uh, most of his material is actually uh, my material. And in fact, you know, some of that stuff he's copied and, and put into his own material, and, and basically claiming that as, as his own. I'm here today with my new friend, Michael Oliver. Michael is an internationally renowned sales trainer, coach, and best-selling author. He is the founder of Natural Selling Sales Training. The question I pose to people, salespeople, is, you know, what's the greatest fear that holds you back from talking with people or makes you nervous or creates tension? You know, a lot of books is about how to overcome objections. Well, you don't have to overcome them. You can dissolve them. You can eliminate them right from the, from the beginning. The framework is comprised of five different steps, for example, connecting stage, discovering stage, presenting stage, transitioning stage, and then we go into the committing stage. You're listening to the Real Business Connections Network. Real Business Connections Network. Powered powered by Balbert Marketing, LLC. Subscribe now and check us out at realbusinessconnections.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, once again to Learn, Speak, Teach on the Real Business Connections Network. I'm here today with my new friend, Michael Oliver. Michael, what's going on, man? <laughs> Hi, Ben. <laughs> Just about everything, and uh, <laughs> I, appreciate, I appreciate you inviting me. It's uh, looking forward to the next few minutes that we're going to spend with each other. I've been looking forward to this since the moment we had met and first had a conversation, and uh, it, it really is a, a dialogue. You believe in dialogue, right? Uh, well, very much so. Yeah, I think, uh, well, the dialogue sort of opens up all sorts of avenues. You know, I talk about that in my book, and I, you might have read it, I don't know. But, um, you know, I learned from behavioral scientists that uh, many, many years ago, when I first wrote my book 20 years ago, is that, you know, there are three levels of communication. There's um, there's telling, persuading, and, and, and so on, uh, which is very ineffective. The next level is about discussion. And discussion is is more open, um, you know, debate and that type of thing. But usually the end result is that someone needs to win or wants to win. And then there's dialogue where you just basically let everything go. You, you, you let go of your assumptions, prejudices, beliefs, listening to where the other person's coming from and, and working out where they are coming from, both from a logical and also emotional level, mm. um, and start connecting with them at their, at that level. You know, just while I, I, I had to length this out, but it reminds me of a, of Rumi, it was a Sufi saint who said, you know, beyond the wrongdoing and beyond the right doing, there is a field. I'll meet you there. And that's exactly what we what we want to do, especially in selling. Huh. Powerful. I'm going to introduce you to the audience member because they might not know you yet. Michael is an internationally renowned sales trainer, coach, and best-selling author. He is the founder of Natural Selling Sales Training with over four decades in sales. Michael's approach to the natural selling conversational dialogue emphasizes genuine rapport and self-persuasion. He seamlessly blends ancient, you mentioned Rumi just there, ancient communication philosophies with modern sales strategies, championing authenticity in every transaction. And one thing I found fascinating that I didn't put in the bio is, is you told me you were working with Deepak Chopra, even in his team, t t tell us a little bit about that. Well, I'm not so sure that I was working with him, but mm -hmm. uh, 
got tr um, uh, trained by the Chopra Center and and himself. I just happened to move to La Jolla uh, one time. I'd been um, training with natural selling for about three years, and it was resonating with a lot of people. I know I was um, as to sort of more of the um, whatever I want to call it, sort of more sort of a spiritual aspect of of being able to communicate and, and sales. And uh, and I had these principles that I worked out, which were really principles. They weren't techniques. They were principles. And in fact, these principles formed the foundation of natural selling. And uh, I was sitting on the beach in La Jolla, and I was reading his book called Natural, uh, not Natural Selling, excuse me, uh, The Seven Spiritual Laws <laughs> of Success. And I was and I was just fascinated because I was saying, well, this is the answer. This is why people are resonating and coming back to me is because is because of the principles that I was using sort of fit hand in glove with the with the seven spiritual laws of success and the other way around it was sort of it was just a, a very much a mutual harmony so i went to uh, the chopra center and said you know do you have a course in and on on this and they said no we never thought about it so i was in the zone then i mean literally I'm, this is this is unbelievable i was in the zone and uh, about six weeks later i got a call from the chopra center saying uh you inquired about a course we're just starting one would you like to join i said i'm in i didn't even ask the price i just i'm in yes and so I, so i took the course and um one of my one of my instructors sort of said to me you know when we we're doing the exercises he said um you've uh, instead of doing what we told you you've done something different and i said yeah and so what is it he said well you've actually blended your natural selling program into one of these laws and you spoke about it and i said yeah and he said he said that's pretty good i like it so anyway he finished and then i i asked and said well do you think uh there'll be any uh, a training for this do you think there'll be any the ability to to train in the seven spiritual laws and the answer was no and about two months later there was a telephone call saying we've just started this training course in the seven spiritual laws of success in the workplace would you like to join my answer was you know what my yes. answer was you know didn't even ask the price just was there and then later i got a call from one of the instructors saying I'd like to meet you for lunch so we sat down for lunch in la jolla and, they, and i started chuckling and he said well i want to talk to you about something and i said i've got an idea what you want to talk about and he said he said what was that and i said you want me to do a course on this um of course blending my natural selling with the uh with what i what i learned with i've been certified to do and he said yeah how do you know that and i said come on it was all predetermined wasn't it you know <laughs> it was it was all done it was about sort of letting go of this whole thing but anyway i ended up doing a course called natural selling and the seven spiritual laws of success of the chopra center so that that sort of gave me a really good grounding into the the fundamental mindset behind how to communicate especially in selling that was a long-winded answer so i apologize for that i love it i love the story and i love your framework i read the book um love the mindset shift in in, in selling isn't necessarily selling it's just a dialogue it's asking questions it's it's listening and allow that allowing the possible buyer to determine if they even want to buy and in a way convincing themselves and that's what the assumption that your product actually is great michael and is there anything i missed in that kind of analysis i i read the book i didn't put together the framework myself so no that's okay yeah it it, it turns sort of the whole idea of sales on its ear from mm -hmm. the point of view that it's no longer about selling you know me um attempting to sell you something my product or service 
it's it's about helping the other person buy, which is the title of the book. The title of the book is how to sell the way people buy. Mm. And it's, it's a mindset sh- mindset shift book. It's not about how to do it, but more importantly, it's the foundation upon which how to do it. It's like building a house. You need a rock solid foundation before you start building the walls and so on and the roof and so on and so forth. Otherwise it'll just collapse. And so the foundation is based on philosophy, not on technique. You know, there's a saying that goes, you know, techniques are many, principles are few. Uh, techniques will vary, principles never do, which is why you can learn techniques, for example, in one industry, but they're not transferable to another industry. You know, it, 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 sometimes they are, but most times they're not. But if you base it on philosophy, and, and in this sense, uh, you know, five natural selling principles, it always works because if something isn't going quite right, you don't look at the technique, you look at the principle and you're, you're, you're violating one or more principles. And so now it's, it's like hitting your head on with a beanie feather saying, okay, you know, sit up straight now and, and, and concentrate on your intention. You know, your intention is not to get the sale. Your intention is to help this person buy. And it's a very different mindset and approach. We we don't have to give away the entire framework in the course and the book in this conversation, but you said there's five principles. C- can you touch on those? Uh, yeah, the well, it might be better to take one step back a little bit because the, the book is about how to sell the way people buy. Right. And and it's, it's basically comprised of two components. Uh, the first component are, are the are the three uh, main reasons why you get rejected and and objections. I mean, the question I pose to people, salespeople, is you know what's the greatest fear that holds you back from talking with people, or makes you nervous, or creates tension? And you probably will know. You know, the answer is that it's the fear of rejection, and also the fear of getting these objections. You know, a lot of books is about how to overcome objections. We well, don't have to overcome them. You can dissolve them. You can eliminate them right from the, from the beginning. So there's there are three main reasons why you get rejected, and then then there's, the rest of the book is about how you can turn this around by um, by not doing those things that cause the rejection and objection, and instead come from a very different way of thinking. And I back it up with all the neuroscience behind it as well, because when I first started doing this, I I knew it worked anecdotally, um, and I can only prove it anecdotally. But now there's been a you know over the last decade or so there's a lot of neuroscience um, MRI machines and so on which actually supports everything that uh, that that I felt at that particular time. So those five principles are really sort of based on um, the your intention and how you go about it. So the first principle, for example, is about um, is about detachment. Um, it's really about um, you know, focusing on, on a person's needs. So, um, it's really about the purpose of a business. What is the purpose of a business? Most people, most people say to make money, make a profit, but it's not. The purpose of a business is to help other people solve their problems or to get what they want, need or desire. That's the purpose of a business. Right. Your objective might be able to make money or to make money, but your purpose has got to be there. And, and, the, and it's an easy way to prove that because if you're, if your business cannot solve someone's problem, is there any reason for them to do business with you? And the answer is no. So who's the business all about? It's about them, not us. It's always about them. You know, it's like what's in it for them all, all, all the while. And so, and so that's kind of the, that's where the intention comes from. Your intention is either to get the sale, which is how 
most sales training programs, even though they talk about, you know, finding needs about and so on and so forth, it's always about the sale. For yes. me, it's not about the sale. It's about helping you get what you want. And I will get what I want in abundance if I do it ethically, with integrity, um, and, uh, and, and, and from heart, as it were. Amen to that. Uh, what was the Zig Ziglar quote, classic quote, the way to get what you want is to help people get what they want. Yeah, yeah. And if you can help what they, what they get in abundance, obviously you're going to live an abundant life as well. So it's not about closing them or persuading them to buy. It's really just about being a guide, right? It's, it's about being a helper. Well, it's, letting, it's allowing them to influence themselves mm. to buy. I used to use the word persuade, and um, in more recent times, I realized, in fact, that word can sort of confuse a little bit. And it's all about influencing. It's about allowing them to influence themselves. Because as you ask questions, and it's not just random questions, there are seven different types of questions you can ask, um, is that as they reply, you know, they are also listening to who? They're, you're listening to them, and they are listening to themselves. And so as they listen to themselves, they they feel, they hear and they feel what it's like to answer those questions. Mm. And many times their answers to questions are ones that they've never spoken before, they've never brought out before. And the moment is out there, the moment an answer to a question is out there, it now becomes out there, it's in the world. and And in the process, you know, a person will start processing, you know, what they've actually said. And, and in fact, if they, if, if even if what they're looking for is based on the incorrect parameters, you can, you can talk about that and, and they'll be open to listening. Why are they open to listening? Because you're open to listening, because you're being not selective in your listening. You are listening to every single thing that comes out and you're picking up all the nuances and talking about those nuances. Big, big difference in just trying to, listen selectively and try and move it through the conversation. Do you find a lot of professionals don't listen well? Oh yeah. <laughs> we well, no we we don't listen as a society. Yeah. Right? I mean you you think about it, you know, um you, you know, probably 10% of the time is spent listening. You know, we 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 spend 45% of the time waiting for a gap in the conversation so we can say what we want to say, right? You know, I, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just remarkable. If you, if you listen to conversations that go on, and I'm fascinated when I listen to two or three people, there's usually two or three conversations going on. Mm. And, and, you know, and I have to be very careful because sometimes I can get annoying when, when I was, I break in and say, no, um, actually, I don't think that's what she's saying. What she's yeah. saying is this. And, uh, and the person, and, and that person would say, yeah, Michael's right. And so, and so, so I, it's, it's fun to do, but I can't do it really too often. You know, I mean, I slip into not listening myself sometimes. I miss points, but you know, we're all human. We're all human. It's 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 the awareness and and trying our best to listen as a professional, knowing that a lot of people don't listen well. Talking about listening, we have listeners right now. I we're having the conversation in live right now it's not live broadcasted but there's no title there's no thumbnail i don't know what we're gonna name it yet i don't know if they're listening because of the title i don't know if they're listening because they're a frequent listener of the podcast um but it's just on my mind so i'm bringing it up 
a lot of what you teach is very similar to a prior guest that I was actually a client of, Jeremy Miner, NEPQ, Neuroemotional Persuasion Questions. And, and in preparation for the interview, I read the book, I went on the website, and I saw that Jeremy even left you a testimonial. So it looks like you guys know each other. Yeah, I taught him. I, I, I met him about 17 years ago. And uh, most of his material is actually uh, my material. If you if you look at, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's pretty darn similar. I, yeah, I, I was is, like, yeah. someone's, someone's listening right now and what's going through their head is why the hell hasn't he brought it up yet? Because I feel like it's important to bring up. I mean, it, it seems like it's almost a carbon copy of uh, the same philosophy and structure. Well, it is a carbon copy because I, I, I was been training him in different situations for for many many years. In fact, he he flew up to see me in Vancouver for two days, and I sat down with him. Uh, those are sort of the early network marketing days when I wrote a book called How to Sell Network Marketing Without Fear, Anxiety, or Losing Your Friends. Um, and in fact, you know, some of that stuff he's copied and, and put into his um, uh, into his own material and is basically claiming that as, as his own. But the truth is probably, I don't know the percentage, but the vast majority of it is is what uh, what I taught him. Um, he, he chooses not to give uh, any acknowledgement to that. And so, you know, whatever, that's fine. That's the road he has to travel. Um, I'm not going to make too much of a judgment on that. So I guess indirectly I just did, but never mind. <laughs> well, when did you write that book on network marketing? It wasn't a day ago. This this is a classic piece by now. This was a while ago, right? Yeah, this is 20 years ago. Okay. Yeah, probably before Jeremy went to university and and claimed that he learned all this stuff there, which he didn't. I mean, it's just, you know, you can look on the social media and a lot of people talk about it and just just give copies. You know, I have a framework, you know, five-step framework, and he does, he's does. he got exactly the same thing, slight variation, and also the different types of questions, slight variation, but basically it's all the same thing. And the process, the words uh, are, are the same. So, But, but there's an essential element that's missing, um, from what he what he does and, and talks about, and which is quite extraordinary that most sales training uh, misses as well, and that is sort of the the integrity of the focus on the other person, understanding what that's all about, which is mindset. Now, I used to call it sort of mindset first, skill set second, and then I realized in fact it's not mindset because mindset is general and broad, but it's very specific. It's natural isn't selling mindset first, skill set second. You know, I'll have people come to me, so how do I do this? I said, well, before we do that, isn't it worthwhile to look at where you're coming from first? You know, what is your intention? What is your intentional mindset? And the mindset has to be, if you like, one of service, one of finding out, um, being empathetic um, and, and letting go, detaching, literally. You know, one of the principles about detaching from the cell, detach from everything. Detach from the need to be right, need to present, need to tell, need to persuade, um, need to do whatever. You know, even the need to tell your wife or husband to do something. You know, just let it all, let it all go. And life becomes very, very quiet after that and very creative. And that's not that while that's verbalized in, in just about a, in most sales training programs. It's never actually actualized or explained. And there's a way to be able to do that. There's a way of creating that understanding. And the moment I find with my own clients, the moment they get that, then everything else just clicks into place. 
you know, that's the that's the kind of building the house, the asking the questions, the listening, and so on, the feeding back. Um, it just comes quite natural, as it were. So it's it's quite extraordinary. That's more of a spiritual discipline, more so than even just a sales discipline. That that's a is that something you learned from Deepak, or where where did you learn the importance of detachment? I mean, the truth is, I accidentally fell into it because when I started training this 26 years ago, um, people would come up to me and they would teach me. They would talk about, you know, I'd be saying things or doing things. And they, after a workshop, because uh, I did a lot of workshops, traveled around the world doing workshops, and people come up to me and they'd explain to me indirect, indirectly, kind of the, uh, the, the fundamental universal. Um, call it spiritual, call it energy, call it whatever you want, you know. Um, and, and, and I learned from that. And so I started reading, started studying Wayne Dyer, for example, you know, um, the late Wayne Dyer, I started reading his books. In fact, a good friend of mine, Mike Lewis, who's passed, unfortunately, a brilliant guy. When I was staying with him in Phoenix, Arizona one time, he tossed a, one of Wayne Dyer's books at me and inside was, uh, Michael Goodbuddy, something effective. You know, if, if if you ever really work out what he's actually saying, let me know. And he was already there anyway. You know, he's one of those guys who's quite remarkable from his from his sort of, sort of spiritual aspect. Some people have trouble with that word spiritual, but I mean, it's a resonance. And and that's the whole thing is that people pick up on your resonance. Mm. You know, if if you if you, if your resonance is one that you're attempting to sell or persuade, um, you know, externally persuade. And do things like, um, you know, trying to close, you know, soon, ABC, always be closing, which is, you know, makes me shudder. Um, there was a judgment for you. Um, <laughs> I agree. Or, or, um, uh, or, or trying to pres- uh, pressure someone to, at the end of the conversation when you're, when you're talking about commitment. They know. They, they know whether you're in it for them or in it for you. If you change the intention. And and you're really coming across as it you're in for them. You can when someone says even at the end says you know I have to rethink about it by 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 deeming the process beforehand the process that you went through with this person beforehand you can start talking about that legitimately and you can start talking about why it is that they need to think about it and a lot of times this is um, their own behavior which is which is preventing them behavior based on the past. Behavior, which, for example, could be coming from that they got uh, duped by somebody or they paid for something, never got their money back. They're so super cautious and so on and so forth. And, 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 and you can talk with them at a deep level like that and help them break through that own mental barrier so that they themselves can free themselves from the prison of their own mind and, and take your product or service because both of you know it's right for them. Um, and it will help them to uh, develop and grow their life even even further. So it's it's like a double dip service, as it were. You know, that's that's getting pretty esoteric, isn't it? <laughs> I like double double dip services. Um, <laughs> and realistically, kind of going back to where we started, you know, imitation is the greatest form of flattery. They say. I'm curious. So Jeremy, as an example, made multi-millions per year as a commission-only sales rep, built an incredible training company that's helping a lot of people, and Mm -hmm. a lot of it was possibly imitated from you. 
why is this so darn imitatable? What are some of those key frameworks in natural selling again um, that that make this framework so successful for so many people? Um, that's a good question, actually. Um, what would it be? You talk about framework. I mean, if you look at the natural selling framework, it's comprised of the framework is comprised of five different steps, for example, right? Um, I'll, I'll go through them. There's a connecting stage or stage, I should say, a connecting stage, discovering stage, presenting stage, transitioning stage, and then we go into the committing stage. Now, the, the question is, is that, you know, which of those stages are the most important? Connecting, discovering, transitioning, presenting, committing. And so, if you spoke with a standard salesperson being standard trained standard in standard ways, they would say presenting, presenting to persuade a person, talk about your features, um, hoping that those features are going to be the correct ones and blah, 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 blah. Okay. I was going to guess even closing, like the sale doesn't start until they say no. People want to present, they want to talk, and then they want to close you. This is what I find in a lot of sales training. Yeah. You see, well, the reality is <clears> – <throat> It sold, if you want to use sales parlance, or the way I look at it, where it's bought is in the discovering stage. That's where it's all agreed upon. A conversation is agreed upon there because you're talking at both a, a, a logical and, and, and an emotional subjective level. And, and that's, that's where the communication comes. So in the connecting stage, you basically set it up. You set up the communication to show that you're not going out there to persuade them to do something they don't want to do. And you're not going to take a lot of time, except ironically, they'll give you all the time in the world because you're focusing on them, not as a trick, but you're focusing on them. So connecting stage actually sets the stage, the discovering stage with different types of questions. And you don't have to use all the questions allows you to, to, to work out three main things and allows them to work out three, three main things. The, the the first one is um is really getting sort of what it is that they want you know what what are they actually looking for which is an outer logical need it's just standards like buying a car for example then they say well why do you want a car so the second stage or the second objective if you like is about getting their I say getting um allowing them to talk every now and then yeah. sort of my verbology slips back a little bit but allowing them to talk about the inner logical needs which is a why which is why do they want this but most importantly and this is where most salespeople, just virtually no salespeople go is to get that inner unique emotional subjective need and we all buy as we know for different reasons we buy exactly the same thing for different reasons mm. and at the end of the day it's it's a very uh subjective reasoning as to as to why we want something. And a lot of times people will tell you that and, and, and they will influence themselves based on what they're saying because they're listening and feeling what they're saying. Sometimes they won't tell you that, but they're, but they're feeling it. They, they, are, they are acknowledging it inside themselves. And it's, it's sort of a, an, an inner game and it's helping them to tap into their uh, into their unconscious, not even their subconscious, their unconscious. So it's to reveal to you and themselves the real reasons as to what's going on, and and that's how you create the, a strong relationship right at the right at the beginning. In fact, um, 
in my in my course, my online course, I actually talk about that w- you can ask five questions and you can get their emotional buying blueprint. Five questions right at the beginning of a conversation will will help them reveal to you and help you to understand their emotional buying blueprint, their logic, their their inner logic, and their and their emotional subjective side. They'll mm-hmm. give it to you right away with five questions, guaranteed. It's up to you. Me and the listener at home, we want to know what the five questions are, but I'm not asking you to give away 30, 40 years of experience that's in a course all way for free, but maybe just like a little piece for my niece. Well, what is one of these questions? What, what, what are the things I need to be asking? So the first thing I have to ask is, do you really have a niece? Uh, <laughs> yes. Did you, did you say niece or needs? <laughs> niece, a piece for my niece. Your a, niece little, a little fraction of the action. Okay, so you do have a niece. I'm gonna. I have to qualify that first. Okay. Uh, but by the way, qualifying is is um, is is one of the seven different types of questions, and you can qualify in various ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I'll give you a glimpse. The the first thing is is that once you've established the connection, okay, in other words, who you are, why you're there, and and just talking about what it is that you're you're doing, is that. Most people will go into a background question, and, and which is a logical question. But there's a thing called a needs awareness questions, uh, which comes second in line about the list of questions. But here's the thing. You don't have to ask them, you know, one, two, three, four, five. Conversation is not linear. It's non-linear. So you have to learn what are the, what are those questions, the types, and then you can move around them, um, depending on what the conversation is. So the, the first question to ask is a needs awareness question. And you're asking them, for example, let's say they responded to an ad. Very simple question. You just ask and say, so let me ask you before I begin, you know, what was, um, what prompted you to, to, to answering the advertisement and, uh, wanting to talk with us or wanting to talk with me or setting an appointment? It's a very simple question. It's called a needs awareness question, but it's also a very powerful question. Oh, I was just looking. Would, yeah, I was just looking for an opportunity. It, it gets or, what, or, or whatever the answer is, yeah. whatever the answer, or, you know, you could easy, you could potentially use it with, for example. So, so tell me, what was it I I just said uh, that prompted you to want to find out more? You know, or or what was it I just said that intrigued you? And it it's sort of a a very advanced background question. So needs awareness question. And from that, you can then flow needs development questions. And then you qualify what is being said. And now you've set the whole frame. You've, you've, you've framed everything. You've framed where they're coming from. They know where they're coming from. They know what they want. They won't know what, what they need. They know why they need it. You do as well. And now you're just wrapping it up in the qualifying question. And now you're going to move into continuing on with your discovering to then to dig deeper and so on. But at that stage, most people have bought you because of the relationship that you've instantaneously um, um, pulled together, not as a salesperson, but as somebody who obviously knows what they're doing, um, has credibility because of that. Um, and, and they, and they want to know more. They're, they're, they're with you all the way, but you have to stay congruent you have stayed in integrity which is why my new course i, ch- I changed the date of the course the day of um, the title of the course mm. into um uh, the art and science of selling with integrity talk about integrity and congruence 
then? Because I think that's really important because if you're a sales professional, you're a business professional going into an investor meeting, you're in a revenue-driven world, it doesn't matter. A lot of people will put on maybe a facade or they'll memorize questions that are right in your course and they'll have these strategies and tactics, but if they're incongruent or inconsistent or have bad intentions or poor integrity, all of the insight and tactics, would they still work? Or what's your thoughts on it? If you're incongruent, will you be successful? I, uh, the answer is maybe. I mean, uh, and, you can slip or, through the cracks, or, I can imagine. Or, or a better answer is it depends. Mm. You know, because if you're a, it's a hard-nosed salesperson, you know, and you're less a get on with it type of salesperson. I mean, you use anything, you use tactics, um, whatever comes up. And, and most people who, who are well, not most people, I shouldn't say most, but people who are buying are kind of used to it. They, they, they expect the hard close, you know, they expect being closed. They, they expect, uh, um, you know, whatever they say and come back with, that you're going to try and overcome what they say to, and so on, you know, which, and all those things just create resistance, you know, and when we do those things, then we create the resistance. People are being resistant to us. We, we have created that. And so, so the thing is, is look at that. Stop doing that. Do something, so do something di- different. If you create, if you've created the resistance, you take responsibility for that. And the question comes up, do you think you can create the opposite, do something different? The answer is, yeah. We are creators of our own universe. But, you know, so I think a lot of times people buy because they buy. You know, they're there, they want something or whatever, and they put up with it and they just they just buy. But if you, if you want to get around kind of the low-cost person and so on and so forth, then, then, then be different. Be different because people aren't just looking for low cost, for example. They're looking for quality. They want to make sure things are working and they have their own reasons and rationale behind it. And if they can't meet their own rationale and their own emotional objectives, then cost is not something that's that's important to them. And you, and you can, you can talk about that. Mm. I was, I was talking with someone what's today. Yeah. I was talking with someone yesterday or day before about they met the price objective. And I said, well, what, what did you, how do you respond to that? And, uh, and, and it's at very early stages of, of training and coaching. And so there's a standard response. I said, well, you know, if you ever hear about that and that someone's shopping around, I said, there's a very powerful question you can ask. And so what's that? And so the question is, what's more important to you? Is it, is quality and the fact that it's going to be up in the next 10 years, that it's going to be working, that you're not, is it, you're not going to have to have someone maintaining this, this stuff over the next 10 years. Or cost, and I said, if you hear cost, then your job, your duty is to say, well, then perhaps we're not the right people for you. That's coming from a place of integrity, mm. because you don't want to pe- compete in cost, and you don't want to waste your time. That tells somebody some- something, and if they really are looking just for whatever, you probably don't want to deal with them anyway, because the chances are it's going to be, it's going to end up in grief somewhere along the line. You know, and I'm looking for a harmonious, easy life, so to speak. So to speak, you know, that's where I'm coming from. Does that make sense? I'm, I, I don't it, know. It does make sense. There's an example. I forget where I heard it from, but you know, the concept of buying a used bike, mm-hmm. 
you can purchase a used bike and it's going to cost less, but what's the price of the stress of having to get repairs one year down the road and then having to take it back to the shop time and time again? And five years down the road, the price and the stress you put into that bike costs far more than if you had just bought the brand new one. So yeah. there's a big difference between the the what the cost on the label and, and the price of choosing the wrong service provider, making the wrong decision. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's lots of analogies like that uh, she came up. Anyway, so yeah, I so I, I gave gave him a few more clues as to how to how to sort of um, uh, respond to that, even at the beginning. You know, even when you're setting an appointment, for example, you know how how you can set that intention, as it were. Uh, right at the beginning, how you can set your intention and help them reset if that their intention. Because a lot of this is about helping them reframe where they're coming from. You know, not to manipulate them, but to help them reframe so they come from from a, uh, a better understanding um, of of what they want and why why they want it. But um, so I said, so so at the end of the end of the um, the training, I said, so so what uh, what are you hoping for now then? And uh, he said, I'm not quite sure. I said, what you're hoping for is that the next person you talk with is actually going to come up with the cost issue because that's how you learn. I said, that's how I learned when I first started selling. I couldn't wait to get out there and, and, and learn how to address somebody's question that I didn't know how to answer or some, something that they were saying to me that I didn't know how to answer. And I had a brilliant person who used to give me the answer. And then I, I was thinking, I just hope this person will will kind of um, put up this bit of resistance or they would ask me this question, you know, it's just so I could practice it and realize that in fact it worked. And that's how it progressively built up from there. Fantastic. Where I've already read the book, I appreciate that I'm learning from you today and the listener gets to as well. How can we go deeper with you though, Michael? What What's a great way to start? I oh, appreciate you asking. That's nice. Thank you. Uh, well, you can go to my website, simply called naturalselling.com. Um, you can, there's a courses page there. The first step is to read the book. It's, it's only seven bucks. Um, it's probably worth 700 bucks, but, but it's priced at seven bucks just, just because when people pay for something, they usually take action on it or read, you know, so I don't give it away, uh, cause it'll just probably never be opened or, or read. So it's seven bucks. That's the reason I do that. And then the next step um, and the last chapter, you can kind of sort of have an option. You can either work it out for yourself or you can take my online course and there's a link to the online course. But that long line course is also on the courses page and we give a pretty um, sort of um, heli helicopter view of what's actually in that course. But the key is don't take the course first, mm. you know, which sounds strange because the course is much more than the book. But the but this, the fun, the book is the fundamental foundation, and you can take the course, but you'll be potentially struggling with the foundation. So take mm -hmm. that first, and if it resonates, then do the course. If you need then to go further and have your what I call um, your your scripting um, and 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 understanding uh, go deeper, I, I call it. Uh, it's not scripting; it's uh, guideline scripting, because you can't script something like this. You you can do guideline script. But but that's assuming every conversation is going to be the same. It's not. It's nice. you know, it, it varies, right? Um, then then you know you can talk with me about doing one on one, one on one training and coaching. 
which is for many people, that's kind of where the magic happens, as it were, you know. So that's the step. So go to naturalselling.com and it's pretty much all laid out there. It's quite a simple website. There's nothing, nothing kind of sparkling about it. It's just there. It's simple. It's straight to the point. And again, read the book, then you can level up to the course. You want to go deep and have the one-to-one attention. Michael's here for you. I'm curious as we close out stage zero before someone even goes, reads the book, give us something from the conversation. You can reiterate something you already said if you need to, but how can we integrate some of this stuff into our life at this moment? What is stage zero? Well, maybe a mindset piece. What is stage zero as a sales professional that we need to start integrating soon as we log off today? I'm going to take the first thing that comes to mind, um, and which is usually the best one. Uh, let go of the need to sell. Let go of the need to persuade. Just understand what that means. Um, don't understand from a tech, uh, from an intellectual level, but get to understand what that actually means. Letting go or detaching. It's one of Chopra's um, principles, the law of detachment. Um, the, the moment you detach and you let kind of the, in a, in a sense, the universe take over, which is why we meditate. You know, we meditate to, to stop thinking because our thinking gets in our way. So it's like stop thinking. And so part of that is to learn how to detach so that you can allow things to happen, um, allow things to uh, work themselves. It's like having a glass full. You know, the moment you t- you pour out half that full glass of water, what have you got? You do- you can either look upon it as a half full glass, okay, or, or however you want to look at it. But there's there's now space, and there's space to allow stuff to come in. If your glass is full, you're busy, and you're down here, and you're intense, and and you're trying to do things, persuade people, and you're worried about stuff. That glass will always stay full, and you'll never allow anything else in. Pour it out. Have the have the kind of the courage to let it go, which is what dialogue is all about. Dialogue is letting go of of what you want to say, letting go of what you want to hear, and listening to that other person and getting to understand them. And from the point of view of listening, you know, listening is a gift that you give, you know, and and you don't have to agree with someone to listen to them, but you can listen to them and you might find some stuff in there which you can agree on, um, which which makes sense. And this is how we can all live together in better harmony. Another long, long answer to your question. Beautiful answer. Michael, I appreciate it. Not every single listener to this podcast is in sales and the reason they're still listening right now is this applies to all of us out there especially what you just said give Mm. people the gift of listening i appreciate the gift of your time here today and um naturalselling.com it's really that simple thank you i i appreciate the the gift of you asking some very interesting questions so sort of makes me think and uh and it's wonderful that you do what you do uh I, I think it's wonderful that you do what you do and if i can help in any way and you know you know where to turn so i'm always here you got it and if someone wants to come to me first send me a dm i'll make sure you're in touch with michael and his team appreciate it again we'll we'll talk soon michael oliver thank you
Oh, hey, you're still here. Thanks for listening. If you need to take off, that's quite all right. I do have something brand new and exclusive to share. If you believe more hands-on training, peer accountability, and direct access to some of our guests from this very show would be a helpful addition to the podcast, do me a favor and head over to growgettersonly.com. That's grow, G-R-O-W, getters, G-E-T-T-E-R-S, only. Dot com, growgettersonly.com. Here you can unlock instant access to exclusive high-level mentors, training, networking, accountability, and hot seat coaching alongside fellow growth-obsessed entrepreneurs and business professionals just like yourself. All for guess what? One dollar. That's right, one dollar for 30 days. What's a grow getter? In short, a growth focused individual, especially in the business realm, who combines the relentless energy of a go getter with a constant pursuit of self improvement and collaboration. Is that you? Head to growgettersonly.com for some community support. This is not for you if you're looking for a quick fix rather than long term growth. Collaboration and learning from others just doesn't seem to appeal to you. You're not ready to be part of a community that relentlessly pushes boundaries. Complacency is your comfort zone. It's not for you. If it is for you, and if you didn't turn this off yet, I do presume you're a grow-getter. And I'd love to invite you to join my new collective, Grow-Getters Only. Basically, cost to check it out, $1 for a month. It's basically free. Everything is over at growgettersonly.com. Just like I said, growgettersonly.com. Oh, yeah. And one last thing. We do put on free events as well if you can't afford the dollar. <laughs> Jokes aside, I'll see you on the inside. Thank you for listening. Appreciate you.